we got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the dim. It go down. It go down in the dim. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best of Easter begins with a full honey-baked spread. Mm. It's the thing that brings flavor to all the fun and festivities. Ooh. The bites that make all your guests grateful that Easter's here a little early this year. Enjoy the sweet and crunchy glaze of Honey Bakes Bone-In Half Ham, mouth-watering sides, and desserts. Mm. And make this year's Easter the best-tasting one yet. Cheers. Every bite is a celebration with the Honey Baked Ham Company. Imagine a place of your own in your name. A place where all your stuff is. Where there's a dinner table and a family around it. Virginia Housing makes it possible for thousands across the Commonwealth with our special homeownership programs, including loans, grants, and free classes. Because when we help people buy homes, their communities thrive. Click to learn more about Virginia Housing and see how home helps everyone. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. That's To the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder. 85 yards. Darnold escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone. It's caught. Incredible play by Darnold. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know and that's <laughs> the Qinator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time to talk about the Jets' destruction at the hands of the Indianapolis Colts. The final score was 36-7. It was a blowout in every sense of the word. The Jets got destroyed in all aspects of the game again. Joined here for the post-game report by Andy Vasquez of NorthJersey.com. Andy, there was a report that broke before the game today from Chris Mortensen of ESPN saying that if the Jets got embarrassed against the Colts and then laid down and lost against the Denver Broncos on Thursday night, it could spell the end for Adam Gase. Part one of two is complete because the Jets absolutely got thoroughly annihilated at Lucas Oil Field. Yeah, it was, uh, it was bad. I mean, and what made it worse is that for the first time all season, uh, for a stretch there in the first quarter, they looked like a, a semi-competent football team. And then it, it all fell apart. And, and the biggest reason it fell apart was Sam Darnold just absolutely 
making the kinds of mistakes that we have talked about repeatedly that he just can't make. Uh, it's extremely concerning, and, and, you know, with the Jets, somehow it, it gets worse because Makai Becton, the only bright spot so far this season, gets hurt, and that's a huge concern going forward. Let's come back to Becton in a little bit, but first let's talk about Sam Darnold. He made some nice throws early in the game. That touchdown throw to Braxton Barrios on the run showed you exactly what Sam Darnold can be at his absolute best. But as you said, another disaster day for him. Three interceptions, including two pick sixes. We could sit here and argue all day about who was at fault, look like some miscommunications. But ultimately, the problem is that Sam Darnold has now become that guy where you watch his highlight film and you think he's the greatest quarterback in the world. You watch the full game and you realize there's just too much inconsistency and there's just too many mistakes and fundamental flaws. This is something that should not be a problem in year number three, especially with somebody that has the kind of talent that Sam Darnold has. Unfortunately, we're 29 starts in. He's still a major roller coaster ride. And I think at this point... It's fair for Jets fans to wonder if this season is going to end with more questions and answers or with answers indicating that perhaps Sam Darnold is not who we thought he was. Yeah, it's, it's all on the table now after that performance. And um, I mean, we're, I'm sure we'll get into Gase in a little bit, but you can kill Gase for a lot of things. I would not kill him for the way he called this game today. I thought for final, finally, like, this was a good game plan. They executed in the first quarter. You saw what can happen when things are clicking. But then, I mean, Darnold just made these mistakes that, I mean, they're just mind-numbing that he's still making these mistakes that in his first year were like, you can't, you can't do that, dude. Like, why are you doing that? And he's like, I got to get better. And, and it's the same thing today. I mean, the, the red zone interception, there's a number of issues there. It was kind of bad luck with the way the coverage broke down um you know Rhodes made the wrong he, he was in the wrong defense at first and then realized he should have been in uh in man and and runs back and and Darnold was staring down Cager so much that it was just an easy interception because because Rhodes saw exactly what was coming but still the problem is that he's staring a guy down and he's not able to see the way the defense is moving around him and, and we should be way past that and that's the problem with Adam Gase is that Sam Darnold is not getting better. It's bigger than the game plan. It's bigger than all of that. It's that he looked worse today than he should be looking at this point in his career. And, and that is an indictment on Adam Gase. And that's a huge problem because the Jets think they have their quarterback of the future. And, and it's starting to be a question mark. And that's kind of the nightmare scenario. Imagine. A place of your own, in your name. A place where all your stuff is. Where there's a dinner table and a family around it. Virginia Housing makes it possible for thousands across the Commonwealth with our special homeownership programs, including loans, grants, and free classes. Because when we help people buy homes, their communities thrive. Click to learn more about Virginia Housing and see how home helps everyone. Going for your first ever run around the park. Literally running errands all over town. 
running for the finish line and your personal best. If you run, you're a runner. Find the shoes and clothes to run your way at newbalance.com slash running. New Balance. Run your way. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. To your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Adventure has its own style. It's made of tall trees, unpaved trails, and at the center, the most capable Subaru Forester yet the 2024 Subaru Forester Wilderness. It comes with 9.2 inches of ground clearance paired with standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and advanced dual-function X-Mode. Discover adventure on a deeper level. The 2024 Subaru Forester Wilderness. To explore all you can do with the rugged Subaru Wilderness family of vehicles, visit Subaru.com wilderness. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. We talked about how before the game there was a report that surfaced from Chris Mortensen that Adam Gase is on the hot seat and that if they were to lose this game today, which they did, and lose again in a couple of days against Denver, that Gase will be out of here. And I think it's very fair to say that Adam Gase is a major problem with this team for a whole host of reasons that we've talked about ad nauseum here on this podcast, and I know you've written about it as well, Andy. But as you said, everything sort of goes hand in hand. Gase's terrible coaching the poor talent on the roster, Sam Darnold continuing to make the same mistakes. And so what you have is a worst-of-all-world scenario, and that is what played out today with this Jets offense. Some more head-scratching from Gase. I know that it's not at the top of the list of things to complain about, but Frank Gore getting 15 carries. 37-year-old Frank Gore in the year 2020 getting 15 carries seemed a little excessive. On the bright side, Lawrence Cager got in there and had a few nice plays. Braxton Berrios continued to make some plays. Chris Hogan, unfortunately, got hurt, so I'm not sure what the status is there. And as you said, the worst part of all is Makai Becton. Still unclear exactly what's going on with that injury. I'll let you talk about that more when we get to Gase's comments later. But overall, very few positives from the offense and a whole lot of negatives, including the one shining light being extinguished, at least for now. Yeah, I mean, just going back to Darnold, it doesn't matter if you know you have a bunch of great drives and you and you finish them off with interceptions, or if you know you're you're making the wrong reads and you're and you're making the wrong decisions on throws. That that first pick six was probably on Cager, and just the whole situation. You got a guy on, on his first set of downs. It's a tough situation. Let, let's just call it for what it is. And he probably didn't expect the, the ball to be coming his way when he should have. And, and Rhodes expected it to be coming his way. And, and before Cager even knew the ball was coming, Rhodes had intercepted and was going the other way. So, um, I mean, it's also on Darnold. He's got to know, you know, he's got to factor all that in before the play. And that's something in your third year you, you should be able to do. So that's extremely worrisome. And then we already talked about the end zone pick and, and the other pick six. I don't, I can't even begin to understand what could have what happened there. It was so far away from being a completion. It was like he was throwing it to the other team and he was mad at himself as he walked off the field. So Gates wasn't, you know, gonna throw Donald under the bus after the game other than he was 
you know, pretty stern about the, the red zone turnovers being an issue. Um, but because if, if he throws Darnold under the bus, he's throwing himself under the bus because he's the guy responsible for his development. So it, it's a bad situation. And yeah, um, losing Beckton, uh, it's hard to tell what this is going to be and how long it's going to be, but it's just, it's just, I mean, what can you even say? It's, the Jets. I mean, this is the things that happen to them. Um, I hate to say that, but it just this is what happens. They have one positive, and now it's it's gone, and you you don't really know what's going on for the future. So it, it was like you said, a very frustrating day, and it makes it worse when the worst possible thing happens with your quarterback, and then on the field, and then you lose a guy who has been really by many. Uh, evaluations the best rookie so far this year so it just somehow keeps getting worse and I'm kind of afraid for what's going to happen on Thursday night at this point three of the five starters on the offensive line are hurt and in limbo for Thursday night we don't know exactly which of them will play or if any of them will play at this point Andy before we start recording I read this off to you and it really is amazing just to hear it come out of your mouth because when you say it out loud it really strikes the court with how unlucky the Jets have been and also just how bad everything has been in general for them this is the 2020 Jets draft class as of now Makai Becton hurt Denzel Mims hurt Ashton Davis hurt Jabari Zaniga hurt LaMichael Pirine just came back from injury Cam Clark hurt James Morgan, I don't even bother with him because he doesn't play, so he's irrelevant. Bryce Hall, hurt. The only member of the Jets' 2020 draft class who has not missed time due to injury so far. And again, it's not like we're deep into the season. It's three games. Has been Braden Mann, who, by the way, apropos of everything that's going on right now, struggled punting the ball today. So what a bizarre and terrible season for the Jets thus far. And as you said, if you're a Jets fan, you have to wonder if it could get any worse. I actually think, Andy, that a lot of Jets fans would like for the Jets to just get pulverized on Thursday at this point, have Adam Gase get fired, and then maybe breathe some more life because if the Jets eke out a victory against the Broncos and Christopher Johnson comes out the next day and says, see, we have faith in Adam Gase, our players fight for him, that might be more deflating than anything. Yeah, it's, I mean... I I don't know, man. It's it's like a no win situation at this point because it's hard to imagine a situation unless things change drastically where Gates is going to be coming back next year. But at the same point, like in season coaching changes are not like what people think they are. It's, I mean, the Jets will lose a bunch of games and get a high draft pick, and I know that's what the fans want. But this is a young team, and if you're going to go out there and get housed every day that can have like an impact on their development that can have an impact on their mindset. Uh, it, it can be a bad thing. And it's not like there's going to be, you know, a, a short amount of time left. If Gates gets fired on Friday, it's going to be 12 games of this. So they better have a very specific plan for who's going to come in, what they're going to do with Darnold. Um, you know, what, what is going to happen next? Because, you know, it can get worse. And this is like about more than just developing. This is about more than just getting a good draft pick. Like the last thing Jets fans want to see is Sam Darnold, like 
you know, not get a fair shake here and then go to some other team and, and become this, this kick-ass quarterback. So I would just say it, it's just not good. There, there's really not a good scenario here. You, you, it's going to feel good if Gase gets fired to Jets fans and they're going to have their pound of flesh. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to say it's not justified. They could have fired him at the end of last season. I, I thought it was unreasonable to fire him in the middle of last season, but they could have fired him after, after last season and been justified because Donald didn't take a step forward and they didn't improve in the areas that, that I thought were the most important areas. But it, it's where they're at right now is not a good situation in any way, shape, and form. And in, unless they get some guys back healthy, and they can start to kind of build something, you know, going into next year. I, I think that is still more important than than getting a, a good position in the draft. So it, it's it's bleak, man. It's uh, it's a bleak situation, and we're gonna kind of have to see what happens here in the next few days. We'll see what the Jets do, but what I would do is I would fire Adam Gase after the Broncos game. I would make Brant Boyer the interim head coach because Boyer has been somebody who's been one of the league's best at what he does for the last five years for the Jets. I think he deserves head coach consideration. This way you give him a 12-game audition and say to him, show us what you can do, prove to us that you can lead, and if you can do that, You'll be a legitimate candidate for the job at the end of the season. Let Jim Bob Cooter take over the offense. He's somebody who's had success in the past. He did well with Matthew Stafford when he was calling plays for the Lions. See if he can get something from Sam Darnold these last 12 games. That's what I would be looking at. I would be looking at these last 12 games as an experiment. Can you salvage Sam Darnold? And is Brant Boyer somebody that could be a legitimate head coaching candidate? Those are questions well worth answering. I don't expect them to give the job to Boyer on an interim basis. I think they should. I think it would probably go to Greg Williams just because he's somebody who's done it before. But to me, that would be twofold. What can we find out about Sam Darnold and what can we find out about Brant Boyer? And then obviously for Jim Bob Cooter, it would be an opportunity for him to try and prove that he's still somebody that deserves the opportunity to be an offensive coordinator in the NFL. And if he can turn Darnold around over the last 12 games, he would certainly have proved that. We'll see what happens, though, Andy, after Thursday. Because for all we know, we're talking like this right now, and the Jets go out on Thursday night and beat up on a Jeff Driscoll-led Denver Broncos team, and this all becomes a moot point. So let's see how this plays out before we get too deep into it. What I do want to talk about, though, is the defense. Because last year, the team was able to win a fair amount of games down the stretch, because they were playing weak opponents and their defense was able to do fairly well. Problem is this year, as we pointed out before the season, they're playing much better offenses and much better quarterbacks, and it is not going well for them so far. This defense, which granted did lose its best player in Jamal Adams, was not expected to be anywhere near as bad as it has been, but the last couple of weeks they have just gotten absolutely destroyed. And the worst part of this, Andy, is not just that they've been playing poorly, but that they look sloppy out there, and that's a very bad reflection on Greg Williams. Everybody praised him last year with good reason. He did a pretty good job, especially when you consider all the injuries that happened on the defensive side of the ball. I'd venture to say that if the defense hadn't played the way that they did last year, there's no way the Jets even win seven games. Probably wouldn't even have come close. Now the defense is falling apart. You have an offense that can't score 
and a defense that can't stop anybody. And that is the biggest recipe for disaster that you can possibly have. Again, I, I can't illustrate or repeat this enough. It is bleak. Like it, it's, it's hard to find reasons for hope right now. And, and, and I thought today might've been the most discouraging performance of all, because if you look at the way Philip Rivers has played these first two, two games. And even today, like it, he hasn't looked that great. Like he's making a lot of mistakes. Um, and yet against the jets, it, they, it, they just made it so easy for him. They didn't put any pressure on him. Um, they left, you know, they, they can't cover a tight end. I mean, that that's incredible to me. And, and Ali Cox, just absolutely destroyed them today and he's been doing that to other teams too but still they, they are so slow in the middle of the field and, and one of those plays I can't remember exactly when it was it was early in the game and, and they they ran a corner blitz and that's just a perfect example of like just not a good play call because they have no one in the middle of the field who is fast enough to to cover a guy on in a play like that. And that's, I think Allie Cox burned them for a 45 yard game there and it set up a field goal. So it, it, they've got big time problems in the middle of the defense. Part of it is because of injuries, but part of it is because they just didn't really upgrade the talent on the defense very much this year. And, and, and they lost Adams. And, and now you're seeing a defense that has to be basically kind of perfect to have success. And it's not happening. So, yeah, it, the, the defense is, like you said, what kept this team on track last year, what kept them in games when the offense was struggling, um, and it, it's just not happening right now. And it, it's hard to see like how that's going to get better. As you said, Allie Cox had a big day. He had a touchdown. Also had some nice running from Taylor, Wilkins, and Hines, all split in the carries, but Taylor had 13 carries for 59 yards and a touchdown. Not huge eye-popping numbers, but very efficient, 4.5 yards per carry. This defense couldn't stop the run or the pass. They were just dreadful. I don't know what else to say other than they look sloppy, they look uninspired. And I'll say this, Sandy, one thing that I thought as soon as I heard this report this morning from Chris Mortensen about the possibility of Adam Gase getting fired was that they were testing this team to see if they would rise to the occasion and try and fight for their coach. Certainly didn't seem like they were doing that for Adam Gase and certainly didn't seem like they were doing that for Greg Williams at all today either. Let's talk about what happened after the game. We got some news about injuries. Also heard from Adam Gase and some of the players. What do we need to know about what was said after the game? Um, well, first, I just wanted I want to have a I just want to express a different take real quick. I think they are playing hard. I think they just suck. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like, I see these guys running hard in the middle of the field, but, like, Ogletree is, is so slow. They, they're just slow. Like, they don't have – and they make, they make sloppy mistakes, but a lot of it is, like, these guys don't have a history or they're at stages in their career where they're, they're not up to it anymore. So, I – you know, I think they are right on the edge of quitting. Like, I think you're starting to hear things from the locker room that we're about to talk about this that are, like, alarming. But I don't think they have yet. I think they're actually playing hard, and they're, this, they're just this bad, which is alarming, part, partially because of injuries, but also, like, the fact that they make so many mistakes. Like, something is off. Like, something's wrong. Something's, 
something is not right here. And that ultimately is on Gase. Like, it just is what it is. Like, whatever they're doing isn't right. Um, now, going to the locker room stuff, one of the big themes, we'll just stay on the Gase theme here, is that, you know, Gase was asked about the Mortensen report. Sam Darnold was asked about it. And Greg Van Roten was asked about it. And Steve McClendon was asked about it. Those are the four uh, Jets who talked after this game. That That's it, because that's just the way it is right now and in, in the situation where we don't have access to these guys, we just get who they give us on zoom and, and that's who we got. Um, McClendon basically said like, he doesn't pay attention to that and went into like a motivational speech about how, you know, he's focused on trying to be the best he can every day. That that's par for the course. Um, he is a great leader, but he didn't really shed much insight on the situation. Gase said that, he acknowledged like the question and basically said like I can't worry about that. I'm not focused on that. I have to get my guys ready for Denver. That's my concern. I have no control over, you know, my job security. Uh, Sam Darnold and Greg Van Roten had enthusiastic defenses of Gase that that the fans are not, are not going to like. But this is, you know, basically what they said is that the game plans. Darnold said that that. Gase has set them up perfectly with game plans to win and that it's on the players for, for not executing. And then the really the most telling quote of the entire day came from Sam Darnold himself. It was this. It was, I'm not playing consistent enough to play well in this league. I've just got to play consistent. And that pretty much sums up where he's at. We have these moments of brilliance, like that touchdown pass that he had, he scrambles all over the place to Braxton Berrios. And then you have, you know, the pick sixes and, and the mistakes that you've been seeing since his rookie year. And until Sam Darnold can iron that out, it's not going to matter that he's making these plays that basically no one else in the league can make. Uh, he's going to be defined by these mistakes that he just cannot eradicate. And then Van Roten, he, he went further. He basically... He went back and, and talked about being in Carolina last year and how, you know, he didn't see the point of firing the coach midseason because the Panthers fired Ron Rivera and then they, they ended up losing the last four games of the season by even more than they had. I think they lost three of those last four games by 40. So he was like, we tanked even more. And then he said um, he likes playing for Gase, that he's had, you know, a good experience. He, he's enjoyed playing for him for the last several months, uh, being around him a lot. And that the game, he specifically said the game plans aren't the problem. It's the players not executing it. That's the problem. So, I mean, my counter to that would be like, if Gates keeps drawing up these game plans that his team is incapable of executing, like it is kind of the problem. Like he's expecting them to be perfect. And clearly he doesn't have that level of talent and you need to find a way to adjust. And, and, you know, cater to what you do have and, and make it less likely that they make mistakes. So I, I think the truth is somewhere in the middle, obviously. Um, but, you know, Van Roten specifically said that he doesn't see this team quitting on the, on the Jets. And he also, you know, he has an interesting perspective because he grew up in Long Island as a Jets fan. He says he understands the frustration, but, but he doesn't really see what will be solved by by making a move like that, especially because he thinks Gase is doing a good job. So that's not my opinion. That's what the players say, and it's my job to say 
you know, relay their opinions. So don't get mad at me for, for relaying it, but that's, that's the situation. I'd say Greg Van Roten should be a little more careful with the words he uses right now because he starts talking about tanking and a lot of people are going to start clapping their hands and saying tank for Trevor and being on board with that. So he might want to rephrase the way he answers that question for the time being. What's going on with injuries, though, Andy? We talked about Becton at one point. We heard about Chris Hogan being hurt. Where do we stand with the injuries? Yeah, we, we didn't get any information from Gates in terms of you know specificity on, on how much you know, how injured Beckton is, how, how extensive Hogan's injury is. Um, and Gates basically said, like, I didn't have time to, to find out, which I don't, obviously, I don't believe that's true. He, I'm sure he knows basically what the doctors think. He's the head coach of the football team. If he doesn't, uh, that's a pretty ser- serious problem. So, um, look, I went back, looked at the tape, Beckton like six minutes left in the, in the second quarter. It was just a normal block. It, nothing weird happened on the play. And then like the play ended and he was like kind of grabbing for his shoulder. And then I think he played one more snap and then that was it. So to me, that is, that is concerning. And, and the fact that, you know, Gase didn't say after the game that it's not like a long-term concern, even though he wasn't asked specifically, like he easily could have come out and said when he was asked, like, what do you know about the injury that he wasn't worried about it being a long-term thing, but he didn't say anything. So we'll find out more tomorrow. Uh, Gase and uh, a few players are expected to speak on a conference call mid afternoon Monday. So we'll find out more, but um, it's concerning. I mean, it was not like some non-contact thing and he'd been dealing with a shoulder injury in practice. Um, you know, he was limited on, on Wednesday and Thursday. So, um, we don't know if it's the same shoulder. Um, it probably was, but um, yeah, it's it's an issue and it's concerning. And you know, obviously Thursday night is in question, and and hopefully it's not something that can keep him out long term because that would be obviously a huge blow for for this offense. In terms of Hogan's injury, I haven't had a chance to go back and look at exactly what happened. But Gay said after the game that he's dealing with a quad knee deal um so i have no idea what the severity of that is jordan jenkins also suffered a shoulder injury in the first half but he came back and played the rest of the game so it's something to watch especially with a quick turnaround but um he was back out there so probably not a huge concern and jordan willis uh the defensive lineman also suffered an ankle injury um i do not think he came back into the game so Basically, it's it's Beckton, and obviously the Jets do not want to lose Hogan because I don't. I mean, at that point, they may as well run me and Connor Hughes out there <laughs> to play receiver. Hopefully, sending Connor over the middle several times, but uh, <laughs> they don't have a lot of options at, at at receiver. So they they better hope that that Hogan's okay. We'll find out more tomorrow. Like I said. If Hogan's not okay, at least Jets fans would get a good laugh out of Connor taking it over the middle. I'll tell you this, Andy. It's a rough time to be a Jets fan right now. The Bills are 3-0. and They're rolling. Josh Allen looks really, really good. 
The Patriots have really hit their groove. Cam Newton is playing very well. They almost ended up 3-0. and They came very close to beating Seattle last week. You've got the Dolphins, who seem to be on the rise, had a big win on Thursday night football against the Jaguars. The Jets are all alone in the cellar, and they don't look even competitive on a weekly basis. So this is a very low point for Jets fans. Hopefully things start to turn around either Thursday or or after Thursday, if what we're hoping happens, happens. Andy Vasquez, covering the Jets for NorthJersey.com. Thanks so much for coming on. As always, really appreciate it. If you like Andy's work, and why wouldn't you? He's one of the best on the beat. Make sure that you check him out at NorthJersey.com. You can check out a lot of his articles, but if you want everything, the archives and unlimited access to not just Andy, but everybody at NorthJersey.com, some great local journalism there. Make sure that you sign up at NorthJersey.com. Great deal going on right now. Only 99 cents per month. That is nothing. That's chump change. You could find that in your couch cushions. So go ahead over to NorthJersey.com and check out Andy's work. And Andy, I know you've got a really good write-up of the game. You're going to have plenty of stuff throughout the week. And for anybody that hasn't checked it out yet, that feature on Makai Becton that was really, really strong that you put out a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, it might be a little bittersweet to read as we wait to kind of uh, see his status and, and how well he's played early in the season. But uh, I broke down kind of Sam Darnold's struggles after this game and, and why this is, you know, the worst-case scenario for the Jets. Uh, I have some more on Beckton's injury and uh, everything you need to know about what was said in the locker room about Gase. That's obviously of interest right now and um, – a big deal going forward. And then I'm going to kind of look into the defense's struggles and what they might be able to do to fix it. And uh, obviously uh, we're going to keep everybody up to date on the, on a very fluid injury situation with a game in less than 96 hours at MetLife stadium as the jets try to avoid going 0 and 4 for the second straight year. Before we run, because the Jets are 0-3 and we're already starting to think about the draft, figured we should check in with our man Charlie Campbell over at WalterFootball.com to get an update on who's helping and hurting their stock in college football right now in terms of the draft, courtesy of our friends over at MyBookie. And if you bet on the Colts today, you probably won a lot of money. Could have won some money in other areas too. Some of the prop bets, if you made a futures bet on a team that before the season you had a hunch on, and now they're looking better and better. There are a couple of those so far right now. You could be winning money there. And remember, if you use the promo code OVERTIME over at MyBookie, you'll get yourself up to $1,000 in free play and double your first deposit. Add excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet at MyBookie. Make sure that you're betting against the Jets because that is how you will win money. Trust me. My bookie doesn't want you betting against the Jets because they know that you'll win money. So if you go to my bookie, you can bet against the Jets or futures, props, whatever you want. It's all at my bookie. Promo code overtime will get you up to $1,000 in free play and you can double your first deposit. Charlie, it was a rough week this week to be a Jets fan, but I know that you're about to give us a little bit of a pick-me-up with this draft report. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Thank you, Scott. So this week in college football, we welcomed back the return of the SEC, and man, was it fun to watch, and we had a lot of players uh, really jump out and show improvement over the 2019 season with a bunch of receivers uh, that had excellent weeks uh, that could be on the Jets' radar next April. So let's hit on a few of those guys. Number one, look at 
Texas Tech wide receiver TJ Vasher. Uh, this guy's style of play is kind of similar to AJ Green. He's uh, about six foot six, 210 pounds, and he's fast for that size. He can really run. He had two touchdown catches. Uh, Texas Tech kind of struggles to get him the ball they have for years. And in this game, he had 70 some yards, but he was open downfield for some other huge plays, including a potential like 80 yard touchdown, but the quarterback missed the throw. Uh, so Vasher is a guy that could interest the Jets in the first round. He's a playmaker, mismatch player, dynamic uh, red zone weapon with his size and leaping ability. Uh, so really a fun player to watch. And he played really well against Texas to help uh, the Red Raiders almost pull off that upset. Now some other receivers really jumped out here this last week. Jalen Waddell from Alabama. He's a small speed receiver, but man, is he a dynamite playmaker. He averaged 18 yards per catch uh, as a freshman, 17 as a, a sophomore, and that was in a backup role to Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs. And scouts wanted to see him kind of develop more of the receiving ability and more technique as a receiver rather than just a gadget player. Kind of become more like T.Y. Hilton rather than a Tavon Austin. And you saw some of that uh, in the season opener against Missouri. Waddle ran some great routes, uh, made a leaping grab in traffic while taking a big shot from a safety, uh, ran a really nice corner post route for a sep to get separation on a short touchdown and he ended up uh, having 134 yards and two scores on eight catches against Missouri. So this was a really nice start to the year for him. Osiris Mitchell from uh, Mississippi State just tore up LSU. Uh, seven catches for 183 yards and two touchdowns showed speed and technique. He's probably going to put up some huge numbers this year with Mike Leach and that point machine offense. So that's a guy to keep an eye on for day two. Waddle would probably be more of a late first round guy with that pick they have from the Seahawks. And then another receiver that had a really nice start to the year was Kadarius Toney from Florida. He's a big play weapon, explosive receiver. He had a 50 yard run. He caught a touchdown pass, had five receptions for 59 yards. Um, so he's a playmaking weapon as well. So those are some receivers that jumped out this past week that could be nice options for the Jets in the first day and second day of the draft. And that was your Walter Football Draft Report here for the end of September. And back to you, Scott. Thanks, Charlie, and thank you for listening. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. doesn't take you much time. doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital at turnonthejets.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.